Taiwan's local COVID case count surged to a new daily record on Monday, reaching 333. Almost all the cases were found in Taipei and New Taipei, and a handful were reported as far away as Yilan and Zhanghua. Most of the cases are linked to cluster infections that emerged last week in Wanhua and Banqiao districts and appear to share the same genetic sequencing, while roughly 40 have an unknown source of infection. Today, we have 335 new COVID-19 cases. Of them, 333 are local infections and two are imported. The tally of local infections soared to a new daily high on Monday as authorities reported more than 300 new local cases. Most of the cases were reported in Taipei and New Taipei, with 158 and 148 cases respectively. The districts with most cases in the two municipalities were Wanhua and Banqiao. Meanwhile, Taoyuan, Jilong and Zhanghua all reported between 5 and 10 cases, with 1 to 2 cases in Xinju County, Miaoli, Taichung and Yilan. The patients with symptoms started experiencing them between May 5th and 16th. Almost 85% of the new cases are 40 and older. It seems that the infections all have the same genetic sequencing, so it's reasonable to assume that it all started with one chain of transmission. If you trace the infection closer to the origin, you can see that the cases were all moving in the same areas. Experts say that, judging from genetic sequencing results, what Taiwan has is a single cluster infection that's unfolding on a grand scale. Preliminary investigations have linked 155 of the cases, which is the majority, to hostess tea houses in Taipei's Wanhua district. Another 86 had been active in the wider Wanhua district. Six of them have been linked to a touring religious group that went to southern Taiwan. A handful was traced back to a Lions Club International group and to a gambling venue in Yilan. The source of infection for 40 of the new cases remains unknown. The government also announced it had adjusted the NHI's online health record system so that doctors can better identify at-risk groups. The system will identify people who have had a negative COVID test, as well as people in self-health management due to contact tracing. A light yellow mark will show on their file for 14 days. The mark will turn light green once they complete self-health management and will remain on the file for another 15 days. The government hopes the new measures will enable frontline medical workers to better assess the possible risks. A new cluster infection has been reported at New Taipei's Far Eastern Memorial Hospital. So far, there are nine people in the cluster. That's seven patients, one caregiver and one family member. The infection source is believed to be one of the seven patients, case 1,375, who had visited a tea parlor in Wanhua's unofficial red light district. Mass COVID testing is underway at the hospital, with 50 staff already having tested negative. We found positive cases in his ward and in the ward next door, and even in the ward of the nearby emergency department. So we're saying that the chain of infection is within the hospital. The patient was diagnosed in the early morning, in the middle of the night, and we launched emergency measures after daybreak. As of Sunday, COVID outbreaks have been reported at six Taiwan hospitals. They include Taipei City Hospital's Heping Branch, the Songsan Branch of Tri-Sup Service General Hospital, and the Sanzong Branch of New Taipei's hospital system. So far, the Far Eastern Memorial is the only hospital where the infection has spread from one patient to multiple. Starting Tuesday, all classes will be suspended for 10 days in Taipei and New Taipei at the high school level and below. 
The two city mayors made the announcement Monday morning amid a fast-growing COVID outbreak in the region. The order affects all classes at nursery, primary, junior high and senior high schools, as well as cram schools and daycares. From tomorrow on, classes are suspended at all Taipei City schools at the high school level and below. The duration of the suspension is two weeks. Ahead of the CECC's afternoon press conference, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe made an emergency announcement that he was suspending school classes from May 18th to 28th. Shortly afterward, the mayor of New Taipei followed suit. Classes will be suspended from May 18th to 28th, although schools will not be closed. Parents who can't look after the preschool or grade school aged children at home will be provided with school-based childcare. The order affects Greater Taipei schools at the high school level and below, including primary, junior high and nursery schools, as well as cram schools and daycare programs. Working parents can take unpaid leave to care for their children. If a family has children up to 12 years old or children with physical and mental disabilities, the parents are eligible to take family care leave. We ask employers to grant this leave. Employers that refuse are subject to a fine between 20,000 and 300,000 NT. We will look into adjusting the penalty based on the development of the pandemic. To slow the spread of the virus, the Taipei and New Taipei governments have also introduced flexible work hours for civil servants. Instead of having to do the standard 9 to 6 or 8 to 5, staff can now clock in any time between 7.30 and 10 in the morning and clock out starting at 4.30 p.m. The adjustment grants an extra two and a half hours of flexibility. The Executive Yuan's Directorate General of Personnel Administration has set 10 o'clock as the deadline for arrival. No matter when you swipe in, so long as you're swiping in before 10 o'clock, we can set up the system to handle it. And if the supervisor approves it, staff can work from home. Over weekends, we've run a lot of data through the system. We've tested out the system connection and we conducted a drill with our colleagues last Friday. Meanwhile, the new Taipei City Council has announced it will be adjourned until May 28th. The Taipei City Council will be adjourned even longer until June 8th as a pandemic precaution. Pandemic fears sent the TIEX plunging on Monday. The weighted index was down by more than 600 points at its intraday low. It staged a modest recovery in the morning session, but still finished the day down nearly 473 points, or nearly 3%, at 15,353. About 85% of Taiwan's listed companies ended lower. Food and biotech were the few winners of the session, with companies like Lianhua Foods and TTY Biofarm closing limit up. For companies centered on vaccines and testing, this is a relatively big business opportunity. So for stocks involved in that business, there's strong upward momentum. I think that the benchmark stocks will continue to have benchmark value. That is, if these stocks are able to stabilize, the stock market as a whole will have a better chance at treading water instead of sinking. Large-cap tech stocks mainly weakened on Monday, although MediaTek was a rare bright spot, rising 2%. Textiles, paper and tourism saw heavy casualties, while steel and shipping each fell by more than 8%. With local cases soaring in Taiwan, there are fears abroad that the pandemic may derail the country's chip sector, putting more pressure on already str strained assembly lines. To keep production going, TSMC, UMC and other chip makers have rolled out new controls on staff movements and gatherings. 
Photos of Taiwanese panic buying have made international headlines, appearing on Reuters, the Associated Press and Bloomberg. Taiwan's outbreak has captured attention from overseas media, which is especially concerned with the potential impact on chip production. In response to the pandemic, leading foundries TSMC and UMC have ramped up precautions. TSMC has banned non-essential visits, reduced staff movement between facilities and placed controls on staff gatherings. UMC has unveiled measures to reduce crowding at the workplace, such as work-from-home arrangements. TSMC has launched measures for its 50,000-plus employees across 10 wafer fabs and four packaging and testing plants. Employees have been divided into groups. The main point of this is that if one of the groups is affected by the pandemic, staff from other groups can fill the gap. TSMC has no facilities in Taipei or New Taipei, the heart of the outbreak. Even so, there are fears that the pandemic will derail its operations. TSMC has a 55% share of the global chip sector and 90% of Taiwan's chip production. With Taiwan playing an irreplaceable role in the global chip market, any threat to its production can send the market into a spiral. TSMC is currently world number one for 8-inch wafer production. In addition, UMC, Vanguard International and PSMC, which also produce 8-inch wafers, also play an important role in the world. So on the supply front, there is no room for mishaps. Chips have been in short supply since late 2020, with many countries reaching out to Taiwan for help. Taiwan firms ramped up production capacity to meet demand for orders and are fully booked until the second half of the year. With COVID rattling Taiwan, the world is on alert for another chip crisis. The Danhai Light Rail opened in 2018 as an extension of the New Taipei Metro. With just 13,000 passengers a day, it operates at a loss. But its side ventures are a roaring success, making almost half the company's income. That's attracting attention from even the most successful metro companies. From gigantic adverts on its bridges to valuable fish on its roof, Danhai has a wealth of side hustles. Driving past the Danhai Light Rail Bridge, you see a row of bridge piers emblazoned with a gigantic canvas advert. While at Dunhai Light Rail Maintenance Depot, a retention basin has been made into a habitat for water plants and the valuable Chinese sturgeon. And on the top floor, an array of solar panels installed by the manufacturer. Underneath, the company is growing low potassium vegetables, and under that, Chinese sturgeon fry. These are all sources of side income for New Taipei Metro Corporation. The company's annual profit from these side ventures is a whopping 47 million NT. Now they're sharing their expertise with the metro companies of Taipei, Taichung and Kaohsiung. We tried to adopt an experimental spirit everywhere in the Danhai Light Rail, including in smart agriculture and high-tech collaborations. We all want to promote this field. Regarding profits, our side ventures represent about 47% of our overall income. Since the light rail opened in 2018, it has transported an average of 13,000 passengers a day. It's still operating at a loss, last year losing 160 million NT. Their future diversification plans include helping find uses for disused land in the area and selling lunchboxes. A surge in COVID cases is straining staff at Taipei City's hospital system. 
Healthcare workers say they are overwhelmed with the need for COVID testing and care. They're asking the government for more support, such as extra manpower to staff screening centres. Amid a surge in local cases, Taipei City's hospital network has found itself overwhelmed. In a statement released Sunday, hospital staff lodged an appeal for help. It's a call that's been partially answered, healthcare workers say. Based on what we know so far, the government has indeed made some adjustments. There's been a gradual improvement from the chaos that we had before. There have been changes to the controls and movement inside the hospital, as well as in manpower allocation. The fifth test site is getting staffing assistance mainly from the Tri-Service General Hospital. It's no longer just being staffed by people from the Taipei City Hospital System. As for the care being provided within the hospital system, most of that is still provided by our own staff. The labor union says the situation has improved due partly to the creation of a fifth screening station to share the workload. But with the local case count soaring, the crowds at test stations only grow day by day, straining frontline staff. The screening stations are managed based on local and central government orders. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on emergency room supervisors. Some of them have spent the past few days at the hospital without going home. But rank-and-file personnel have been able to go home and rest. Some frontline workers have been so busy caring for patients, they've had trouble keeping themselves fed. The union wants hospital management to address the problem. There was a nurse at a specialized ward who didn't bring a meal to the hospital. Healthcare workers are at the hospital for at least eight hours at a time. She couldn't order any food for delivery because couriers only deliver food as far as the hospital entrance, and this nurse from the specialized ward didn't dare go downstairs to pick up her meal. Under our regulation, she would have had to completely disinfect herself and take a shower before stepping out of the ward. This appears to be a problem with a simple solution, that is, have the nutritionists at the hospital prepare meals. But the communication channels in the hospital are not transparent, so the labor union ends up getting such appeals. Then, it's the union that has to communicate with the administration on behalf of the employees, and that's an extra step in the process. With the local case tally surging, the union says more should be done to support frontline workers. Amid a surge in COVID cases, Taiwan plans to tighten its entry restrictions for non-residents starting Wednesday. Until June 18, foreign nationals without alien resident cards or residence visas will be barred from entering Taiwan, including for flight transits. Exceptions may be granted for emergency or humanitarian reasons. Officials say the ban will be reviewed on a rolling basis. The summer heat is upon us and dressing for success can be a challenge. These days, many of us opt for functional fabrics. New technologies have produced synthetic fabrics with cooling, sweat wicking and quick drying properties. And Taiwan happens to be the world's number one producer. Clothes shoppers peruse summer items. The weather is heating up and functional fabrics are a necessity. Summer is really hot, so I want to choose something thin or cool, light feeling clothes to wear. Taiwan is really hot. The weather lately has been really sticky and humid, and I sweat a lot, so I usually go for functional fabrics. In recent years, more and more brands have turned to new technologies to suit their clothes to the heat. There's a wide array of functional fabrics with cooling, sweat wicking, quick drying, and odor neutralizing properties. And styles are no longer confined to sportswear or loungewear. You can get fashionable tops, trousers, dresses, and even face masks to cool you down. Uh, 
within Taiwan, we have observed a growing demand for functional fabrics because of the global pandemic and also climate change. Taiwan occupies 70 percent of the global functional fabrics industry and is the world's primary supplier of man-made fibers. Overall, the fabrics industry is worth a staggering 300 billion NT a year. Taiwan's textile giants include Far Eastern New Century, Formosa Chemicals and Fiber, Formosa Advanced Technologies, Eclat, and Macalot, all offering items in functional fabrics. The Industrial Development Bureau says it will continue to use the country's superior fabrics to develop smart, eco-friendly, and eye-catching exports. It's breeding season for Taiwan's unofficial national bird, the Formosan blue magpie. In Bobo Village in Taidong, the birds live side by side with locals and can often be seen bathing themselves in the hot springs. Let's head to the mountains for a spot of bird watching. The pool is empty, but up on the rocks sit two Formosan blue magpies. One plays in the waterfall, ruffling its wings and cleaning itself. When it's finished, its friend immediately takes over the best spot. After they found some things to eat in the trees, they started taking turns bathing in the pool. We were so shocked by it. It turns out this protected bird is a connoisseur of hot springs. Here at the Bull Bull Village, they've been locals for more than two decades. At 700 meters above sea level, they roam the village for food and take advantage of lunch break at the hot springs to get a peaceful private dip in the pool. Spotting the birds bathing between noon and 2 p.m., guests thought they belonged to the hotel. <laughs> Nearby on the Southern Cross Island Highway, tourists stop to snap pictures of magpies playing in the trees. But for these local business owners, it's a daily occurrence. Locals are firm friends with the birds and grow papaya specially for them to eat. Blue magpies build their nests in the spring to raise their chicks. When they get older, they come with their mom and dad here to Wulu Gorge. They fly wherever they like and they even come and bathe in our hot spring. Blue magpies love to keep clean, and hot springs are the perfect place for a scrub-up and a frolic in the spray. Locals enjoy a daily dose of their brilliant blue feathers, and business owners are proud to play host to the beautiful endemic species. A second career baker from Miaoli County is turning heads with a bakery that gives a new spin to classic bread products. With local produce from around Nanzhuang Township and giving the menu a traditional hacker twist, Zhou Tinglun's little bakery in the mountains is a gem not to be missed for locals and travelers alike. At this oven-fired bakery in Nanzhuang Township, baker Zhou Tinglun rolls out the dough nice and plump. Zhou was once a big name in the communications sector. He spent time working in China before giving up his high-flying career and returning to Taiwan in 2015 to spend more time with his daughter. Now he pours his creativity and love for his home country into the bakery. Traditional Hakka tangerine cakes are made only with rock sugar and barley sugar, no water. Now Joe uses them to flavor his bread. His pizza is topped with Taiwan's traditional black pork sausages and local cabbage. The pizzas most of us eat are often topped with German sausages, right? A variety of smoked sausages. Well, I thought, why does it have to be foreign sausages? Why not use local sausages? Joe's culinary flair and local ingredients have produced a bakery bursting with unusual delicacies, and it's going down well with the clientele. 
，那很酥的感觉。对，很酥。要不要来一个？来有一点啊，来一个水分油，不会太干柴，气势味道很浓。不是第一次来这里，不是第二次。嗯，专才来的。对啊。Joe knows his stuff, and the bakery has a charming family-owned quality that reflects the warmth of Miali locals. This little Hakka village in the mountains is well worth a foodie's pilgrimage. Staying on pizza, let's head now to a pizza parlor where the classic Italian dish has gotten a total makeover. On the menu are double-layer pizza, iced dessert pizza, and toppings you've never imagined. We had no idea this was what we were ordering. In the middle, a salad, and outside, a crispy pie crust. This is the house special, Halo Pizza. Open it up to find a heart of cheese and fried scallops. As the chef rolls the dough, he rolls it thinner than normal because this pizza has two layers, each half as thick as average. Then he brushes on tomato sauce and sprinkles on the toppings before adding the second layer of dough to seal it tight. It's cooked slowly on a low heat, the dough rising gradually, turning golden and crispy. I try to roll the double layers thinner than usual so you can hardly taste the crust. You can't cook it too hot. You bake it slowly so it's hot enough all through. There is even an apple pie pizza. Honey-soaked apple and cinnamon are paired with lots of cheese for a sweet and savory wonder. After it's baked, it's put in ice for 20 to 30 minutes to cool it straight down, producing an iced dessert pizza. After baking it at 350 degrees, I put it straight in the freezer for 20 or 30 minutes so that the crust can develop that perfect iced pizza taste. And there's a pizza with Japanese-style eel, too. The sauce is not tomato, but simmered in eel bones for a thoroughly oceanic dish. These pizzas are one of a kind. 